Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Well, you and I may agree that January 6th is not a subject that moved people in the midterm elections and not a subject that's going to move people into 2024. There's still a conversation about what happened and what took place. And while we may agree that this committee led by the left uh, that Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney have allowed themselves to be a part of isn't interested in a total story. There is something to be, well, asked about the total story. The former Vice President Mike Pence put pen to paper to engage part of that conversation, the book So Help Me God, which is available at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold, And in the book, he discusses not only things that took place on that day from his perspective inside the Capitol, conversations about being inside the Trump administration. With, of course, President Trump announcing his intent to run for re-election. How does a guy like Mike Pence, who is right there with him for a series of of events, those four years uh, that the former vice president describes as very, very solid four years, proud of what the administration uh, achieved. How does he look at Trump going forward? How does he look at the Republican Party going forward? And is it something that's going forward from January 6th or is January 6th not the thing that the Republican Party is going forward from, but rather something else? And what about what just took place in this election. The former Vice President Mike Pence joins us right now, sir. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I do want to get into the book, the book So Help Me God. Good to be back on WIBC. It's good to have you back on WIBC. It's the home away from home, (laughs) sir. Um, Before we get into the book, before we get into uh, uh, the connections here uh, in Indianapolis, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think just happened in this midterm, not taking the Senate back from Democrat control, barely getting House control, although control is control. What's your take on what happened? Well, Tony, at number one, it's good to be with you. I look forward to being in studio before too long. Uh, but um, um, you know, anytime I could, I can be home in Indiana, speaking to you from our home here in Zionsville. It's a, just a joy and. Um, but look, I, I I traveled to about 35 states uh, over the last year campaigning for member, you know, candidates for the House and Senate and governors around the country. And I think there is one common denominator for the midterm elections, and that is that candidates that were focused on the future, candidates that were focused on the issues you talk about every day, which are, you know, inflation at a 40 year high, gasoline prices through the roof, uh, crime wave in our major cities and a crisis at our southern border. Those candidates focused on those issues, focused on solutions in the future, did quite well uh, on the Republican side. But candidates that were focused on the past, candidates that were focused on on particularly relitigating the last election, did not fare as 
well, and it's it's one of one of my convictions that for the Republican Party to prevail, uh, not just in 24, but uh, in in the years that will follow is we've got to be the party of the future. I mean, but the great thing is, is we've got the record of the Trump Pence administration, a record that that I recount in my my book. So help me God. It's been described as the most fulsome defense of the Trump Pence administration record that's in print. And I'm and, and I believe it may well be. I mean, you know, we rebuilt our military, revived our economy, saw conservatives appointed to our courts at every level, uh, gave the American people a new beginning for life, seven million jobs and secured our border. And I wanted to put all that on the page. I mean, clearly it didn't end well. Uh, and I'm candid about that. The reasons why I did what I did and my, the foundation of my family of growing up here in Indiana and my faith that and I want to get into the book, sir, and I want to get but, into. Uh, but I will tell you, I think that's the big takeaway from the election. We've got to be the party of the future. Talk about the issues you talk about every day. But if, if that's, that, uh, if that's the story, sir, talking to former Vice President Mike Pence, being the party of the future, you talk about uh, that Trump-Pence uh, record. Um, yep. People know that crime is high. People know that inflation is high. People know that gas prices are high. People know that things are not good. The country, and in poll after poll after poll, to the extent that you believe them, believe that they're, we're not as a nation on track. So how did that not track to the massive red wave as people talked about it where was the mistake made well i i honestly think it would it had a lot to do with where our candidates were focused there was a red wave in a lot of places tony i mean indiana had a great election night i'm i'm proud of the republican team here in indiana proud of our great delegation in congress uh republicans elected i was hoping to see a new congresswoman in in uh, in Northwest Indiana, Jennifer Ruth Green is an incredible American and uh, has a bright future in the party. But you look around the country, whether it was uh, you know uh, governors in Texas and Florida uh, and Georgia, uh, I mean there there was a red wave. We actually elected four new members of Congress in this in the state of New York, even though my friend Lee Zeldin came up short. Uh, you know he he literally may have elected. The members of Congress that'll make up the Republican majority margin, Tony. So, um, so you look in one state after another, there were red waves. But again, I think it all came down to were our candidates focused on the future or were they focused on the past? Were they focused on the issues that really um, people here in Indiana and around the country are struggling with? The failed policies of the Biden-Harris administration. You know, they're, they're, in my opinion. <laughs> On the airways of the country, there's 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 no better, stronger conservative voice than Tony Katz. So I'm not I'm not telling you anything, but gosh, from day one they set off this gusher of spending that uh, ignited inflation. They dismantled our policies at the border that have created the worst border crisis in American history. They launched a war on energy that has caused gasoline prices to go through the roof around the country. And so the failed policies of the Biden-Harris administration demanded uh, a new leadership. We have a new Republican majority in the Congress. That's step one. But then we got to win back the Senate, win state houses, and win back America in 2024. You said specifically that some of these candidates were focused on the wrong things. Uh, sir, what is the wrong thing? What were they focused on that they shouldn't have been? Well, elections are always about the future, Tony. Uh, they're not about the past. And uh, look, I've been uh, I've been very grateful 
uh, to see states around the country passing strong election integrity reforms. I mean, Indiana, frankly, is on the leading edge of that. I think it was two decades ago. We were one of the first states in the country to adopt voter ID laws. Uh, when Karen and I went and voted up near Zionsville here that, you know, we got out our driver's license. It's no encumbrance. We're, we're seeing states around the country adopting those uh, those laws. And uh, but uh, at, at the end of the day, I think the American people struggling under the failed policies of the Biden-Harris administration uh, we're looking for for men and women in this election that that were focused on what they're dealing with, focused on the future. And I, I think that was the difference. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. This book goes into a level of detail about what you experienced on January 6th. But I, I must start with a, if the conversation is about looking forward, why write this mm -hmm. book to begin with? Well, Tony, I could know sooner leave out the way the administration ended than leave out the way my life began growing up in a small town in Indiana, growing up in a gas station business, uh, the son of a combat veteran, a first generation Irish American. I wanted to tell the whole story and uh, and uh, and we sought to do that. We sought to uh, not only speak about uh, our record in the White House, but also my years as governor of Indiana, uh, where we achieved a more prosperity than any time up to then in the history of the state, more Hoosiers working than ever before, lessons learned along the way in defending religious freedom uh, and uh, in, in advancing the cause of, of, of life and liberty. And before that, my 12 years as a leader in Congress. But I do hope particularly that Hoosiers will will find uh, a, a reason to be very, very proud of this state in the pages of So Help Me God. I uh, when I sat down with my publisher two years ago, and um, and they they uh, were asking me uh, uh, about the opportunity to publish the book, they actually said to me, Tony, they said, you know, we, we think you're kind of different uh, as a political figure. And I said, well, thank you, I think. And uh, they said, well, we think Indiana's got a lot to do with it. And I said, you know what, you're right. Uh, you know, growing up in a small town in Indiana, filled with a state with people with uh, strong hearts and strong opinions uh, who, who live out that who's your hospitality every day and really are the heart of the heartland is something I've tried to capture in the pages of the book. So for me, the answer to your question is just the whole story. It's just about uh, wanting to wanting to take this interval in my right. life, 
uh, and uh, and make sure people know and part of that what we did why we did it and how we did it by God's grace uh, every step of the way. Part of that story is uh, the pressure that you received from President Trump about sending uh, these electors back uh, to the states, and you stating that there was not a a mechanism by which you could do such a thing. Were there any of these states? where you saw the slate of electors, saw what happened in those states, where you had questions about whether or not those electors should be certified? Well, let me take a half step back, Tony, and say, look, I, as I write in So Help Me God, I'd always been loyal to President Donald Trump. He was my president and he was my friend. Um, whenever we had disagreements, and we did, um, I thought as vice president it was appropriate to keep those just between us. Uh, because I think the role of the vice president is to, is to support the president in advancing the presidency he was elected to. And it was my great honor to do that. But, but as January 6th approached, I knew things had to be different as I have a higher loyalty, and that's to God and to the Constitution of the United States. And in the weeks leading up to January 6th, I had, I had made it clear, despite what the president was hearing from a gaggle of outside lawyers, that, that as I write, should not only not been in the Oval Office, they should have never been allowed on the White House grounds. He was hearing that uh, that I had the unilateral authority to either uh, return votes to the states or to reject votes outright. No vice president in American history had ever asserted that authority, uh, Tony. And I and and as I said uh, some time ago uh, at the Reagan Library in the summer of 2021, the uh, the, the the presidency belongs to the American people and to the American people alone. And the very idea uh, that any one person uh, could choose the American president is is un-American. Um, that's a decision for the American people, and disputes are resolved by their elected uh, representatives in the Congress. All that said, Tony, I, as I wrote on January 6th to the Congress, I, I had concerns, along with millions of Americans, about voting irregularities that had taken place in a half a dozen states. Now, the evidence of widespread fraud would never come. But in the aftermath of our election, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin found that the election laws had been violated in two different instances. The Supreme Court of the United States sequestered uh, some 8,000 ballots uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, it, it, it didn't make the difference. I don't believe there's been evidence of that. But I thought it would be a worthy debate on the floor of the Congress on January 6th for us to hear out the concerns about those irregularities so that we'd have the opportunity to strengthen election integrity in states around the country. But uh, that was not to be um, in the rioting and, uh, and violence that would ensue. That, that Did you debate. believe so, that all the electors sent to you were proper? Well, let me say, I sat down on the Sunday, as I recounted, so help me God, the Sunday before January 6th, I met with the parliamentarian uh, of the Senate, uh, and I asked her very directly if any state in the country had sent uh, alternate electors, and the answer was no. Uh, Look, we have a process in this country, Tony. States conduct elections, um, and questions about those elections uh, are reviewed by the courts uh, in those states. Uh, and once those issues are resolved, states certify the elections. And the only role of the Congress under the Constitution of the United States is to open and count electoral votes. Uh, no more, no less. 
and uh, some 60 lawsuits have been filed around the country. All of them came up empty. You know, it's very striking to me that one of the attorneys, the outside attorneys that was advising the president, would actually testify in a lawsuit a year later, uh, something to the effect that uh, no reasonable person would assume that what we were saying was factual. And as I wrote in So Help Me God, you know, now she tells us. I mean, the fact is that there were no alternate electors. There were no other electors. Uh, and the day, that fateful day, the Congress opened and counted the electors that had been submitted by all 50 states. Talking to Mike Pence, former vice president of the United States, the book, So Help Me God, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are, are, are sold. Does the book um, make the claim that what happened, because you you're, you wrote about it, that it should matter to voters, to history going forward. Is it a moment? Is it a a a, uh, a moment that should change the trajectory of the country as some people on the political left clearly want to, want to engage whether they're telling the truth or not? It's more important than September 11th, things like this. Uh, is, is this as big as some in news media want to make it in your view? Tony, January 6th was a tragic day um, in the life of our nation's capital and, and in, in the life of this country. But I do believe um, that because of the courage of law enforcement, Capitol Hill Police and federal law enforcement, we, we quelled the violence. Uh, we reconvened the Congress the very same day. And we completed our duty under the Constitution of the United States and the laws of this country. And uh, I have no other view than um, a day of tragedy became a triumph of freedom. I mean, when we reconvened the Congress, uh, I made brief remarks that, as I recounted, so help me God, my wife, my daughter who were with me, my uh, my son and, and my other daughter were literally helping me write those few short words. And um uh, among those words that I that I capture and republish in the book is uh, that I said, I said, I think the world will look on and see the resilience and strength of our democracy this day as the elected representatives of the American people reconvene and finish our work. And we did that. And look, I, I understand that many on the political left have, have sought to use that tragic day to uh, demean the intentions of uh, 74 million people around the country that that supported our cause and would never have done something like what those rioters did there or anywhere else. I also understand, and it's been clear to me that there's been an effort in the media and on the on the left uh, to distract attention from the failed agenda of the Biden-Harris administration, and I've not been willing to be a part of that. Um, but I do think it's important for us to understand what happened that day why we did what we did. But ultimately, I see it as a triumph of freedom. It's a day where I hope and will always remember it uh, as as a day where our institutions held, uh, our Constitution held, and uh, and the, the role that we played in that uh, we were able to do because uh, my upbringing here in Indiana, my wonderful family, uh, and uh, ultimately my faith in God that sustained me in those moments. And as the title of the book suggests, Tony, you know, when I took my oath of office, I, I made a pledge to the American people to support and defend the Constitution, but it ended with a prayer. So help me God. 
and and by God's grace and with my family, with my upbringing in Indiana and a lifetime of service, um, uh, we, we were able to do just that. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. We continue our conversation with the former Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Discussing his new book, So Help Me God, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. And, uh, sir, it's good to have you uh, back on, on the show. I love the, bu- I love the bumper music, Tony. I, I was born in a small town, and I write about it. And so help me God, we're going to be down in Columbus for a book signing today, Indianapolis tonight. But I hope Hoosiers know that this book, uh, this book is as much about the state of Indiana and uh, uh, all that Indiana has meant to me my whole life as it is anywhere else. It's, you know, the first decision Karen and I made after the election uh, settled out was uh, whatever the future held for us, we were moving home and a year and a half uh we moved back here to Indiana, and it's 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 just been it's just been wonderful. There's no place like home. By the way, you got to love that WIBC radio training. He didn't even wait for me to say a word. He hears Mellencamp, boom, he's off uh, to the races. <laughs> let's let's now engage something you said, sir. And what uh, you said earlier was that um, you're very proud of the Trump. Pence legacy, proud of, right. of the administration. So it leads to a question as we start looking into 2024, President mm-hmm. Trump announcing his reelection uh, d- desires. He's running for reelection. You have not announced yours yet. Uh, is MAGA the way forward for Republicans of all stripes looking at the presidential election in 2024? Well, look, I, I'm incredibly proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration. And, Tony, everywhere I've gone around the country the last two years, um, I, I hear the same thing. I hear it at Kroger, you know, here in, uh, on Michigan Road as well. And that is that people want to get back to the policies uh, that uh, our administration advanced. We, we made the largest in, increased investment in our military since the days of Ronald Reagan. We cut taxes, rolled back regulation unleashed American energy, created 7 million jobs, energy independence. We secured our border uh, and appointed conservatives to our courts at every level. And uh, and America prospered. America was more secure. Our armed forces crushed ISIS and took out the most dangerous terrorists uh, in the world. And uh, uh, until that pandemic struck, we were experiencing a, a time of great, of great security and great prosperity for the country. But I do believe that going forward, what I hear is that there's also a desire for leadership 
that could unite our country around our highest ideals, including uh, the civility and respect that uh, that Hoosiers and 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 most Americans show one another every day. I uh, I, I I must tell you that I, I hear people again and again saying that they uh, they want government as good as our people again. That they're uh, uh, that uh, as I write in my book uh, during my years in the Congress, my years as governor, um, my years leading the White House uh, coronavirus uh, task force, uh, working with Republicans and Democrats around the country. That there's a I think there's a there's a desire for a, a style of leadership uh, that uh, that fights hard on the issues we care about, uh, but uh, but but leaves aside uh, the season of, uh, of of personal invective that frankly has uh, has emerged on on both sides of the aisle and in both parties and all the way through the Biden administration when you when you see President Biden uh, standing in front of Independence Hall you know. Uh, you know, you know, shaking his fist essentially at at uh, 74 million Americans, and and uh, all, I think the American people are weary of all of that, and and want to see us get back to what we know works. We'll make the country strong and prosperous, but ultimately will reflect the kind of civility. But that it's this idea, each other every day. But it's this idea that it works. Your your commentary is that the Trump Pence yeah. administration worked. The results are 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 there. So isn't that an argument for that people should be engaged in the MAGA philosophy, the Make America Great Again philosophy, and that philosophy is the way to win in 2024? And if there is a pivot from it specifically, what is that pivot? Well, I don't know if it's a pivot as much as it's a continuing to build on it. You know, I created a foundation after I left office um, uh, called American Freedom in Washington, D.C., and you can people can go to the website advancingamericanfreedom.com. And we actually I challenged uh, about 50 conservatives and former cabinet officials to answer one question, Tony, and that was looking looking at, from Ronald Reagan to Donald Trump. Let's put in one place the ideas and the policies that have animated this movement around the country, all, you know, from the Reagan years through two Bush presidencies, uh, through the historic uh, victories of uh, winning back the Congress in 2010, our victory in 2016. And we put it all together. We called it a freedom agenda. And I do believe that's we proved that it all works, that freedom works. And uh, and, and that's the agenda. I think the American people want us to continue to build on. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was I was proud to, to be a part of the Trump-Pence administration advancing that agenda. But I think, you know, it is the broad mainstream conservative agenda that Reagan brought to the fore uh, to the national debate. Uh, the two Bush administrations uh, advanced it to one degree or another. But, you know, Donald Trump added border security, added holding China accountable. He added trade deals that were free and fair to American workers. And uh, that's an agenda that uh, that won back the House this year, and I believe it'll win back America in 2024 and beyond. The book, So Help Me God, by Mike Pence, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Tony Katz, great to be with you. And Mike Thank Pence, you, former Vice President of the United States, joins us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. And sir... Listening to you now, realizing that we need more than 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 an hour with commercial breaks, we need we need time uh, to sit down and, and chat. 
I want to go over something you said, and I want you to square the circle on something, sir. Um, you speak glowingly of President Trump. You speak glowingly of the administration, but you talk about how it ended, and you clearly, based on other interviews that you've done, conversations that you've had, you're angry with, with President Trump for how January 6th went down and how the administration ended. So square the circle. Where are you at today? And where, where are you at with President Trump today? And where are you at with the Republican Party today based on these things? Well, Tony, I, I can tell you that, uh, as I said, January 6th was a tragic day. But as I recount in my book, So Help Me God, um, as a Christian, I, I, I share how I made a decision to put my faith in Jesus Christ when I was 18 years old. And that's been the, the foundation of my life. And, my my faith requires forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer every day, I try and pray, is that uh, forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive as God and Christ forgave you. And so I prayed for the grace to do that. And when the president reached out five days after January 6th, um, I, I told his family I'd hear him out. Um, he had said all the right things in the morning after uh, that fateful day, he said that uh, he condemned the rioters. He said that he was committed to a peaceful transfer of power. But, um, but when we sat down, as, as I, as I recall in the book, I, um, you know, I could tell the president was uh, was saddened about what had happened. When I walked in the room just off the Oval Office that day, he he first asked about Karen and Charlotte. Uh, he asked if they were okay. I I responded firmly that they were fine. He asked if uh, if I was scared, um, and I said, no, Mr. President, I was angry. Uh, I was angry about our differences, I told him, and I said I was also uh, angry at what I saw, people, people rioting at the Capitol, um, uh, breaking windows, ransacking offices, creating the conditions that would ultimately result in assaults on police officers and, and the loss of life. But in the nearly two hours that followed that, we sat down. I was very direct with the president about what I believe my duty under the Constitution was. Um, and uh, in the days that followed, we uh, we found a way to part amicably. You can you can look at his words on the tarmac uh, at uh, Andrews Air Force Base the day that he was uh, flying out of Washington. You can see my words in Columbus. We uh, um, you know we. we uh, we parted in a way that reflected the long journey we'd been on for four and a half years. And, um, uh, but that, frankly, in the days that followed that while we spoke from time to time, Tony, when, when the president returned to some of the same rhetoric he was using before that day, when he, when he returned to questioning, um, what I had done in upholding the constitution that day and others had done, I, I thought it was just best that we go our separate ways. And, and we have, but, you know, I, I, you know, I uh, I will always believe the rest of my life that we did our duty by God's grace under the Constitution and the laws of the country this day, and I'll and I'll always be proud of the record we created in the Trump Pence administration. And whatever the future holds for Karen and me and for our family, we'll we'll sort through that in the holidays when everybody's in town, and we'll pray through it and determine what our next calling might be. But I'll never stop fighting. Uh, for the uh, ideals that drew me to the Republican Party. When I, I started out as a Democrat in Columbus, I joined the Reagan Revolution, never looked back, that, that uh, defined my career in the Congress, uh, my, my service as governor in this state, and my time 
uh, as vice president of the United States. Let me jump and, in, uh, sir, because I you, you bring you up. You bring up that conversation uh, a couple days later with President uh, Trump and, you know, uh, the rumor mill doth rumor, uh, as you know. And uh, some people have stated that that conversation that you had, those two hours, wasn't actually a uh, pleasant conversation. And uh, possibly a a few four or five letter words uh, got involved. Was it an amicable conversation or was it a, well, that's one of the rougher conversations I've ever been a part of? I was very clear with the president when I walked in the room about how I how I felt and my conviction that I'd done my duty that day. But I I must tell you, the president, um, uh, I, I could tell the president uh, was 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 deeply remorseful about what had happened. Um, and he reflected that in conversations as the the next two weeks unfolded. Tony, I, I really believe it. Um, and. Uh, um, and as I said, we we parted amicably. Uh, but um, but look, our my focus since the time we moved back to Indiana a year ago, spring, and got resettled and and restarted this uh, chapter of our lives. Uh, you know, my focus has really been on the future. As I said at the top of the the broadcast, I've I've literally traveled uh, to 35 states in the midterm elections. We've we've been involved in building an agenda, the Freedom Agenda, at the foundation that we established. Uh, putting pen to paper on this book, so help me God, has been one of the great privileges of my life, and um, uh, and I'm going to keep focused on the future because, you know, we face incredible challenges in this country today, and uh, that we do. It, it seems like we have an administration in Washington D.C. that's that's actually intent on weakening America at home and abroad. We've got a we got the first step done. We have a Republican majority in the House of Representatives, but. Uh, in the days ahead, whatever role the Pences feel called to play, I promise you, we're never going to stop fighting for the conservative values. And that, let me address uh, that, sir. While I only have, while I only have a couple of minutes, let me address that. Okay. The former Vice President Mike Pence joins me right now. The book "So Help Me God" available on Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. I'm going to share with you, as as I always do, honestly. Um, that I have uh, said publicly when I take a look at you and whether or not you're considering a path uh, to the White House, that I have not been able to see it. I believe uh, that your conversations about servant leadership uh, lead you to opportunities within the Republican Party, within uh, America's future. But I don't know how the people who have dedicated themselves to MAGA bring themselves back to you if indeed you were the nominee for president of the United States. So I, I, I say that to you clearly, honestly. I would say it nose to nose over a coffee or, 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 or a drink. What is, as you see it, the Pence path forward? You're not going to tell me if you're running or not. I only have 90 seconds. But what is, if you were going to run, if you were curious about this, what is the Pence path? What is your message that you believe will connect with the voters of America? Well, look, um, I, I can tell you, I, over the last two years, I've been deeply humbled at the um, encouragement and support that we've heard from people all over the country, Tony. And But for the Pence family, I can tell you, it'll it'll always come down to where we feel called and never about the odds. You know, I, I, uh, I write in so help me God that early in my political career, I let my ambition uh, get ahead of living out my Christian faith and values in the public square. But 10 years later, when Hoosiers gave me a second chance, when I was elected to Congress, then elected governor, and then became a vice president, um, 
we always thought to carry ourselves first in a way that honors God. And a friend of mine said years ago, there's two kinds of people in politics, people that are called and people that are driven. And you'll read in So Help Me God. I've been both, honestly. But uh, for the last 20 years, for Karen and me, it's just always been about where we feel called. And so I promise you that, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll listen very intently to the encouragement we receive from around the country. We'll listen to our kids and their wonderful spouses. Uh, we'll speak as a family and uh, we'll make a decision. And uh, I promise Hoosiers I'll do what I've done the last 20 years. And that's we'll go where we're called and we'll trust the Lord and trust the American people for the balance. Mike Pence, former vice president of the United States, former radio host right here at WIBC. The book, so help, I, like, I mentioned the important things. The book, So Help Me God, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. So Help Me God by Mike Pence. Mr. Vice President, I appreciate taking the time. I look forward to the future conversations 